You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your hosts, Monster Deface and Michael Pan. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your boys here, Monster Deface and Life with Panda, bring you guys episode 142. What's up, my bro? Hey, man, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, look, consistency is key. We talk, I've been talking about it every week. We're still here. We're still bringing you the episodes. Maybe last week's episode came out a little bit later, but, you know, it still came out. And I was going to say, uh, I take full blame for that because we recorded it <laughs> on time, and I kid you not, I just forgot to press publish. I guess, you know, with us returning, you know, I got to get back in my groove, too, with that, how we do things here today. Uh, audio might sound a little different, guys. I do have my Sennheiser headset on, so, you know, bear with it. We're just kind of kicking it, enjoying ourselves here as we're kind of giving you guys a little update, the pre-Fortnite update, if you want to call it that, because we have the new chapter right around the corner here. Uh, Panda, I mean, are you are you ready for this this new season to come? Man, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not ready, right? So <laughs> I'm gonna be in Florida when the when the event takes place and when the new season hits. So I'm literally gonna be at my boy's place loading up his PC. I'm gonna stream from there. I'm gonna play the new season, and that's gonna be my experience for it. But man, I'm so excited. Like I think chapter two has been great in a lot of ways, um, but I think it's definitely time. It's definitely time. It's been longer than chapter one was, so it it's definitely time to convert that over here to a new chapter and ideally a new map. Wait, when you say longer than chapter one was, is that just like the length of time that we've been in this quote-unquote chapter two? Has it been longer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So officially, as of like the first week of November, this chapter now exceeds the length of time that chapter one was which is crazy because we only got eight seasons in this chapter versus 10 seasons in chapter one so it, it shows obviously how the uh the, the pandemic affected the the whole schedule of things because i i think in their minds ideally it was 10 seasons per right but obviously when when covid hit and we got the new chapter there were a lot of delays and stuff that we saw we saw Delay after delay each season, it was getting delayed like three weeks, two months, like craziness. So it definitely affected the overall schedule. But hey, we're here and it's almost over. That's kind of interesting to think about. I didn't really contemplate the whole pandemic literally affecting the development cycle of the game and maybe the game plan that they had. Because, I mean, I'll be the first one to say it. I have very, very close ties with Epic. And from what they've told me, I mean... Your boy Donald Mustard has seasons mapped out, I'd say, at least two or three in full from here until the next several chapters, like fully mapped out as far as what it is that he's kind of working towards. So um, I do wonder how this entire situation has either altered the timeline, because we definitely know it was altered. World Cup had to have been pushed back, um, and, yeah. and so did all the lands and stuff. But uh, I never really thought about how it affected game development, right? Because the world has just kind of gone on, if you will. Like, patches are still coming and stuff like that. But, yeah, maybe not as frequent as we might have once had as far as our original canons goes. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because people all the time, they're comparing Chapter 2 to Chapter 1. But in reality, we felt the same way at the end of Chapter 1. We were like, okay, blow it up. Give us a new map, right? And now we got a new map. And we're like, okay, now we're done with this one. Time for another new one. It's going to be interesting, though, because Chapter 2's map 
definitely didn't have the same development that chapter one did and didn't have the the biomes uh similar to what chapter one did they had some of that but i don't think to the extent that really made fortnite feel like fortnite completely so chapter three man i'm believing in you yeah, listen, I I mean, I'm I'm definitely on board here. I'm ready for chapter 3. I want to see what's going to come. Um D Donald Mustard again. Guys, Donald Mustard, he's the guy. He's the chief creative officer at Epic Games. Whatever he says goes. There was a time when uh you know, he wasn't very active on Twitter and then like I feel like he's very much adopted the whole Twitter sphere the last couple of years, you know, as far mm -hmm. as the uh the recent growth and popularity of uh Fortnite has gone. Um you know, he's he's the, I'd say the driving force behind most of the, you know, Star Wars activations, uh, Marvel activists, just everything that has to do with the way Fortnite is becoming this metaverse. Um, yeah. He's been dropping a lot of tips and, and hints on us as far as what's coming next. I mean, his most, one of his more recent tweets was November 25th. It's, uh, he quotes Fortnite game, but says, I'm going to have to uh, ask you to exit the donut. Basically, a.k.a. He's, he's getting people jumping off the battleship and onto what might be a new world because he's been hinting at everything changing real soon. Yeah, look, I'm excited, right? And, and you talked about it. Donald Mustard has had a lot of hands in these activations that we've seen. And one of the, the more important ones to us going into the new chapter is the activation that he did with DC Comics. And and that, the obviously, the storylines, there's the Batman... Um, the Batman storylines, but there was a more recent one-off comic book that came out and Donald Mustard tweeted it recently and was like, make sure you read this before you go into the event on Sunday. Which was what exactly? It is the last laugh. If I'm not mistaken, mm. um, give me just one moment as I pull this up real quick. Actually, I think the last laugh, here it is. It is actually so. It's the foundation, foundation one shot Batman Fortnite comic book. Pick that comic book up, read through it. You get a you get an outfit, right? There's an outfit code in there. Wait, really? But, yeah. Okay. But more importantly, is whatever happens in this is directly related to what we're gonna get on the event on Sunday, and I'm pumped. That's actually insane. Um, you know, they're they're dropping little nuggets, you know, within the, the other lores that they're building outside of the Fortnite game. Uh you know, just talk about creative and like cool stuff. I was scrolling down um to Donald's timeline here and I just realized they did a whole collaboration with Montclair, like the, the jacket store, right? They've already done Balenciaga. These guys are just changing the game, constantly doing the cool stuff, bringing fashion to video games. It's not just music. Right, collaborations. They they have fashion collaborations now. Obviously, we've seen what they can do with like the crazy uh, publisher collaborations and stuff like that. And um, he's talented, man. This guy knows how to draw. Like, have you seen like what he does with uh, some of the sketches and the skin concepts? Because like these are all or mostly his visions that he's bringing to life. Yeah, I saw he did a video, and he's like, "Oh, I did a rough sketch here." real quick before i shot mm -hmm. this video and it's like a it's like such a, a nicely uh, outlined uh picture of the foundation that he quickly drew and it's like that looks almost perfect like what do you mean a quick drawing like right. i couldn't do that if i traced it for four hours let alone be able to to just come out on the ipad and draw that freehand like that's just absurd the talent from this guy is insane and obviously a lot of people in the community know donald mustard as the 
the the more or less the scapegoat of everybody's problems. They always <laughs> blame Donald <laughs> Mustard. Um, but in reality, like he's he has number one, probably almost zero to do with competitive. Number one, number two, he's all about the creative future of what the game holds, and he is part of the reason that Fortnite has done what games are now finding to be a, a true route for success to the future. Like, like you talked about it, the metaverse stuff that, that everybody's talking about right now is literally what Fortnite's been doing for a couple of years. Like they've, they've already kind of hinted at that being kind of the future of Fortnite, and, and they've dropped all of these properties into the bucket here in Fortnite, And we've been able to, to play as master chief or play as Batman in one world so it, it continues to grow like that and uh a lot of that has to do with donald mustard and and i praise what him and his team have been able to accomplish because you don't see game developers being able to accomplish the same things yeah and just while we're on the touch of like you know the higher upset uh epic being super talented i don't know if you follow tim sweeney but like he's constantly posting out like things about coding and like you know like basically problems that he's facing and he sources to his uh his twitter following sometimes to see what kind of theories they can craft behind like development of code and whatnot um and, and yeah. he's constantly pushing some cool stuff so really dope to just kind of see the the insight or behind the mind of like tim sweeney donald muster because yeah basically if you follow them closely they definitely do drop some uh yeah some little nuggets some little hints and, and i guess tips of uh what's possibly to come but for us here, you know, at the podcast, we can only predict, we can only guess, we can only really just imagine and hope that uh, we're going to have something awesome because as far as themes go, like, it, it's pretty clear that I think all the battle passes moving forwards are going to have some kind of um, collaborative uh, effort behind them as far as, like, whether that be, you know, Marvel or, or um, have we seen anything from Disney? I guess, I guess so, right? Like... So technically, Disney like Star, owns Wars, Star Wars, right? Marvel, yeah. like so. In theory, we have right, but we haven't gotten that direct Disney correlation like direct, yet. Yeah, but right. If they can do the the Marvel and Star Wars stuff, expect I'm I'm fully expecting Mickey Mouse to be in Fortnite one day, like Harry I, Potter, I, right? Like could you I, I don't imagine? know, I don't know, like Universal Studios up in there, like I don't know, dude. At this point, um, you know, anything is possible, but. To, to, to my point, we're starting a new chapter, a brand new chapter. And yeah, they, they've kind of launched or I guess kickstarted this last and previous chapter. We kind of went down to superhero theme, right? We got a little, I guess, a little, a little feel for what it might be like. And then all of a sudden things just went crazy. They really opened up the can of worms. So I don't really know what the theme's going to be leaning into it. We got a little bit of alien UFO action this time around. People kind of mm -hmm. guessed that one correctly. Like what, what more can we get? What, like what? What else is there to kind of tackle here? I mean, I'm sure, there's plenty of themes and and styles that they can go for here. I think still on the table, but um, you know, I I feel like the the leakers, right? Usually they have a good pulse on what's coming, and I haven't seen anything. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen too much as to what they think is going to happen storyline wise or or event wise. The the only things that I've seen, and obviously you can you can only take these with a grain of salt are new adjustments to game mechanics, which is actually pretty exciting from a competitive standpoint um, because there's stuff like like um, slide canceling and Ooh. weapon attachments supposedly coming in the beginning of Chapter 3. That, Again, I forgot obviously about nothing's that. confirmed until it happens, but... No, I think, I think there's merit behind that. I think there is so much merit behind 
Yeah, the the idea of first of all a new sliding mechanic because one thing we didn't even talk about, I believe this the game is transitioning to a new engine again, right? The last time we had the blackout, um, Epic was adding features to Unreal Engine 4. Essentially, like, a new part of Unreal Engine 4 was literally baked into the game. I believe this time, and this is, again, I, I don't know where I heard this from, but there's the very high likelihood that we are going to a brand new engine in full, which is the Unreal Engine 5. Uh, do, mm -hmm. do you, did you hear about this? Yes, it is 100% confirmed that this is happening, by the way. It is, without a doubt, happening. And it, it's it's both exciting and a, a bit nerve-wracking. I've seen some people that have worked with Unreal Engine 5 saying that it's going to make uh, the game feel better and, and potentially help server load and things like that. But at the same time, obviously, we have a pass of, of, of flipping switches and, and turning things on, and, and it ultimately affects the overall performance of the game. So it, it's going to be exciting regardless because Epic knows what they're doing. If you don't know at home, Epic is, is the company that created Unreal Engine. Like, they own Unreal Engine. So if anybody is there to, to test out and put Unreal Engine 5 to the test and, and showcase what it can actually do, it's Epic and it's Fortnite. So I'm excited Regardless, it's going to be extremely incredible coming up this this week. Again, we're going into another black hole period is pretty much confirmed. And it looks like the new season will be out Tuesday or Wednesday. But either way, I'm pumped. Yeah, definitely going to be sick. Um, I mean, let's talk about do, do you think that like adding weapon attachments to the game will kind of break the game or what people fell in love with the game to be as? Because, I mean... As you continue to develop the game, like things like weapon attack, that's a huge feature. Like that can complicate the game to the point to where it becomes not as appealing because it's a harder barrier of entry for like a new person. Like now it's one more, I guess, overwhelming thing to think about. Like mastering your attachments, what's gonna work? Um, or or do you think this is what the game needs to to kind of further develop the scene? Um, I, I'm very curious to hear your take on on where the weapons attachments, if this is a real thing. If, is, yeah, yeah. You know, like if it changes the game or how you feel about the game. So I think when you look at the evolution of game mechanics, right, whether it's, you talk about regular building going into turbo building and and things like that, you see the overwhelming effect that it has on the skill gap. This is one way to continue to increase that skill gap. But obviously... If they do weapon attachments, I imagine they would not do them like a Call of Duty, right? It wouldn't be something that you preset and then load into a game. It would be something that everyone has equal opportunity to find on the island and then attach to your weapon. So it, it's tough to call ahead of time. I do think it's going to have a pretty major impact, specifically on competitive. Um, however, I think there's a lot of fun things they can do with it, too. Imagine, like you have a, a shotgun that has a grappler attachment to the bottom of it, and you can grapple up and shotgun without having to switch your weapon. I think that also lowers the skill ceiling, making it a little bit easier for like pup players to, to make certain plays at the same time instead of just focusing on the, the skill ceiling rising because of certain attachments. Right, right. I feel that. But then again, uh, I, I personally feel like the approach that Epic's going to take, just knowing Epic, um, let's just say attachments come, let's say sliding comes, 
it's gonna be it's gonna be like mega basic, but it's it's surely gonna change the game, right? The way it feels, yeah. the way you kind of play. Like, okay, I got a scope, and I got like maybe I can pick up a suppressor, or maybe I can pick up like something that gives me rapid fire. You know, whatever. Like, right to kind of modify the experience. But I don't think I don't see them like making some vast version of this, right? I think it's gonna be very uh, basic, very uh, to the core. Maybe only certain weapons can actually be modified. And I'll use the word modified. Maybe it's not even like attachments, like in the traditional sense. It, it's probably like, yeah, you find parts the same way we saw mechanical parts before, and you just hammer on a red dot. Who knows? Like, I don't yeah. know. A laser, right? Something cool like that. Um, I definitely see it. I definitely see it coming to the game because when we saw the last version of being able to like side grade uh, weapons and whatnot, I mean, that changed the game for sure. People turning weapons into even now charge pumps. Like Benji Fishy in Endgame, like this is something he just does. Um, so I I'm personally on board for the customization side of things, making people really fine tune their loadouts to their preference, their style. As long as, of course, it's not completely busted. <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing, right? That's the big if, if, um, because knowing Fortnite, like they they always have unique takes on stuff, right? Like obviously, th this is something that's existed in games before. However, this is Fortnite's first adaptation of this, and Fortnite always finds creative ways to do it. Like, like the the reboot system, for example. Yeah. Right. Um. It, it while it is similar in nature to Apex, I feel like it's a little bit better overall. Right. Whereas, like, obviously, let, let's think like weapons, for example. Weapons are a little bit funner to use. They they showcase in, in a bit of a fun way versus again in apex or in call of duty like it like those look straight out of your your local gun shop <laughs> like right it's right. different there, there's there's a fun element to fortnite and i think they'll keep that same element even with weapon attachments and, and sliding and stuff like that I, I think they'll find a way to to make it their own and that's what i'm hoping for i'm hoping mm -hmm. that whatever they do regardless of the situation they make it their own because that's that's fortnite right that's what makes it feel like Fortnite, because if you just add weapon attachments and it's like the same thing that you get from like Call of Duty or any other game, it's it's going to to get kind of boring. I guess you're right. And I didn't even think about that. But yeah, like so. So Epic, if you're listening, right, I want to side grade my rifle. So now it shoots freeze bullets. And when I hit builds, See? you know what I mean? It, it maybe slows down or makes them uneditable. I don't know. Do something weird. Get, get crazy with it. Uh, you know, Epic is definitely, you know, again, like you said, the Fortnite lore, the world itself, um, yeah, the room, the possibilities are, are definitely there. I didn't really even think about taking the imagination uh, down that route where we can have, like, some really wacky, tacky kind of, uh, uh, I guess, modifications <laughs> to the weapons, but definitely sounds possible. So um, that's kind of what the leaks are throwing at us, though. Uh, you know, again, all speculative weapon attachments, the, the possibilities there. It's kind of getting baked into the game. So even if it's not here for Chapter 3 release, I genuinely think we are going to see the sliding mechanic, which who knows what that's going to do when the game is like, you know, really on and popping at a comp level, like people sliding. They already look like they slide sometimes when the server's dying. <laughs> um, now you're going to really add the feature in. So, um, yeah, hopefully things are stable. Uh, it works. Nothing is broken which, of course, there's going to be bugs, but, you know, um, I, I'm anticipating some kind of new mechanic. The last time we had something, I say new, like really, really new, was, I guess, the diving 
feature, right? Like the way the swimming worked, they, they changed how you can build in water and stuff like that. So yeah, we definitely see some big changes as, as far as the gameplay feels go. But hey, that that was like, it felt normal. It felt natural. It wasn't like a big change. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's something they're definitely going to have to work on. I remember when um, we were in the season and we would get water zones. I think it was chapter, I want to say it was either chapter two or chapter three. Or um, uh, season two or season three or chapter two. And it was, there was a problem where you couldn't build in water effectively, right? And then we got uh, the next season, it was literally the whole map was water. Oh, gosh. And we were like, we see this map before we even <laughs> load into the game, and we're just like, oh my gosh, like, could they have not fixed the water issue and, and created this as the map? But then it turned out that it worked. Like, they, they actually fixed building in water. So Fortnite knows. Fortnite knows what they need to do in a situation like this. It's just about watching them execute it and, and seeing what happens and, and how they take community feedback because they've been definitely getting better about the community feedback, and it shows. I mean, they literally just added two people to the comp team, or they're adding, I should say, yep. two people to the comp team, like one specifically working on like competitive communication and stuff, and then another one working directly with uh, Lumen. So uh, tons of potential coming, and it's good to see. It's good to see because especially right now when you have like cheaters in other games and stuff and you don't hear any communication, it's good to see that Fortnite is taking a step in the right direction to kind of be more forward-facing with stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, we've talked about the development a little bit on the last episode, but we have come such a long way. Um, and, you know, it's going to continue to kind of build in that direction, at least as of right now, what we're watching um, Epic do. And part of that agenda, like you just mentioned, just literally expanding the team, having more voices, having more eyes on the playing field to really, you know, keep a pulse on what the community is feeling, especially coming into yeah. the new season. Um, you know, it's kind of like YouTube. They say, you know, don't read all the comments. They're all negative. And, you know, if they're all negative, they're they're not in your shoes. You know, they, they don't know how to make a thousand views like you, right? Whatever. Like, so, you know, they kind of tell people to disregard the message. But at the same time, sometimes, usually, there's always that little bit of truth inside as well. So having more eyes on the feed, right? It's not just uh, the negativity that can be deciphered better to actually pull and extract what kind of useful stuff you can get from people's <laughs> feedback, but also the positive ones, right? How to double down on what's being um, reciprocated as, as positive as something people like because not everyone you know, just bashes the game on new season mode. It's usually like people give out the list, right? The pros and the cons. Hey, like this is this is dope, but this is this is not working, right? So let's yeah. see how quick they are to kind of be reactive on the fly with a new chapter. Let's see what kind of stuff makes it to the comp loot pool because we know we're going to see a bunch. And knowing Epic, knowing Fortnite, they're going to try to push stuff into comp like usual. Uh, and it's really just going to come down to whether or not the community decides to go up in arms about some of it and see what like actually makes it through or not or um you know what what makes sense for comp because there have been yeah. there have been some great updates in the past or great items in the past that i think were adopted well into comp um but didn't necessarily stick through like things like the shield bubble um you know a few things like there was a time and place where chug splash was awesome but then they were yeah. removed too right but they eventually made it back so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what what totally unfolds here next week i mean we're literally only uh, what five six days away yeah it's so close from from the event and the new season like 
And obviously the next episode you hear us, we're going to be talking about the new season and the changes and what we think it's going to, or how we think it's going to affect us uh, from a competitive standpoint, especially, right? Like I'm excited for just something exciting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that I have any expectations or really want to have any expectations going into this. I just want to be excited, like rejuvenated to, to turn on Fortnite and, and go in there and just enjoy the overall game. Cause I mean, I enjoy Fortnite now, but it's like, it's just nothing like that beginning of chapter feeling. Yeah. That, and that's what I was going to say. Listen, first of all, you and like everyone else, right? People are, everyone's talked about it. People are genuinely looking forward to a new chapter. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's so real that even someone like Arab, I know we're going to be talking about him in a little bit, but even Arab is planning. He said probably a 48 hour stream. Or at, wow. maybe in his mind, that's like staying home for two days and just focusing or streaming Fortnite <laughs> for two days. I don't know, you know, what he really meant by that, but he said it himself on his uh, his recent live stream. He was like, "Oh yeah, new chapter." He said, "It's got to be fun, right, guys?" And he stopped playing Fortnite completely, competitive yeah. and content wise. But you can't you can't uh, avoid the fact that new season hype is it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Um, so yes, I, I'm looking forward to it. We all are. And you said you said something pretty funny just now that, yeah, when you guys hear this in five or six days, well, sorry, guys. Un- unfortunately, I'm going to have to hold this one back just a little bit because, like I said, I've released the last one late. So when you actually hear this, <laughs> it's probably going to be a day until the new season because we're going to release it a little bit closer because I kind of released the episode uh, late on accident. So I will apologize. We're going to have to <laughs> delay this one as well to get us caught up uh, and not ruin anything or over flood you guys with content. Um. But anyways, let's uh let's move on as we kind of just kind of swing through some other fun topics here. Uh, let, let's talk about. I want to I want to preface this by saying uh maybe some sibling rivalry in the Fortnite <laughs> space. We always have some fun stories to break. Uh, usually they're more, I guess, crazier or wilder than others. But this is a lighthearted one. But you know, would it be Fortnite without some drama? Especially like this one. I think this kind of just encapsulates the age demographic of Fortnite. You, you kind of want to take this one from the top? I got you, man. So uh, if you don't know, there's a there's a person and player and, and community figure, I should say, by the name of Informal, who has ties in East Open and and it plays competitively, etc. And he has a brother named Creo. Now, you may be thinking, like, World Cup Creo? No, this is K-R-I-O, not E-O. And and so Creo is his brother, and uh, they go back and forth on Twitter quite regularly. They so played funny. together too, like they they like would play competitively, then they'd stop and like they'd go at each other. I don't know, just craziness. It's hard to keep track. Well, now <laughs> they've taken it to new heights, and it looks like Creo somehow got informal, permanently banned, and his account banned as well. Yeah, so and let me let me kind of explain to you how this escalated to the point to where Creo decided to go, and I'm just, I'm just gonna go ahead and say he decided this. Who knows what he really did or if this yeah. is an accident or not? But let's just say he, because this is what it looks like, he maliciously decided uh, he was done and he got them both banned. But this dates two weeks back now. This whole restirring of drama between the two brothers. Which, by the way, they could just walk to each other's room and talk, but you know, social media <laughs> here, guys. 
So anyways, on social media, Creole, he's been DMing me. He's been adding me. I've been ignoring him because I don't have time for this, but it's hilarious. Hey, Monster, I just got banned from Prac Gold Challenger League and uh, KNG for leaving my brother informal to go play a solo cash cup. I do not care that we are brothers. I do not have control over what he bans me in. So please take this as consideration and remove him as staff. So this, again, this is a bro being a big bro and basically bullying his little little brother. But hilariously enough, it's all over Fortnite. It's all over who they play with, what they're yeah. doing, how they're performing. And, and it's just silly. But after weeks of this, tweeting back and forth, adding everyone, um, Informal has been, I guess, pretty fed up with it. You know, they're, they're, he's constantly telling him, like, yo, dude, stop being so weird. Like, can you stop adding me? Like, it's, it must be embarrassing, right? <laughs> Have your little yeah. brother kind of in your friend's circle uh, doing these kind of things. Uh, but anyways, Informal goes into the cash cup. He queues up. He gets permanently banned from Epic Games. And now he really starts to freak out. What is going on? And that's where, long behold, it turns out Creo, the little brother, definitely installed. Now, whether on his computer or not, you know, their accounts are connected because they log in from the same IP and household, the PCs and the accounts. So yeah. now they are fully permanently banned from Epic Games. And I couldn't just help but think that it, it was just hilarious because, like, what a Fortnite thing to happen. Uh, let alone to have your little brother just like grief you because you know what he's done with you banned him <laughs> i still can't get over this like could you imagine if like like let's say you and me are brothers right and obviously i i like came into your room installed hacks on your computer <laughs> it's, and, it's so and, ridiculous and it's just it's wild it's it's like it's one of those stories that you just didn't anticipate seeing in the Fortnite community, but if it happened in any community, it would, it be, would Fortnite. be the Fortnite community. Yes. So it just it like like Monster said, it speaks to the young audience that that Fortnite is, and I mean Creo is exceptionally young. I, I believe Informal's closer to eighteen, but but still, it's this reminds it's one of those me. This kind of reminds me of the time. Uh, the time was it ops gets banned right after getting permanently unbanned because sway decides to send him a nude in his dms while he's scrolling oh, through yeah. twitter dms like hello where's the common sense what are you doing like how you know like in what world does this happen um it's yeah. the same thing it's just so outlandish it's so random um but 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 it's pretty clear that you know there's a game for it to happen in or a calm it's this one man yeah it, it definitely is um I don't but know what, regardless, like, should I be proud of this moment or like just embarrassed? I, you know, it, and the crazy it, thing right? is too is like it, it like semi involves you because Creo keeps adding you oh, on yeah. Twitter uh, for I mean, everything. I'm in all the I look threads, back, dude. Yeah, I was about to say I look back yesterday, and literally almost every tweet is at Monster D Face, and I'm like, what is going on with this kid? Like, like I get that you're having some kind of feud with your brother, like. It is what it is, right? And obviously, if if informal is abusing his abilities or powers or whatever, like that could be a different conversation. But you don't go out of your way to get your brother hardcore perma banned on the video game. Like, w like what is going through your head when when you make that decision? Yeah. So so now I have the whole new issue of uh, people that uh, basically dislike this admin. 
Uh, and now they have another reason for me to kick him out because he's permanently banned from the game. So how can we have a, a banned admin? So, yeah, we're going through the politics now, basically having to figure out the uh, the delicacy of removing his admin powers uh, because, yeah. you know, that that's just kind of the truth of it. it, it it's all a, a weird situation. But, again, I'm, I'm done with it. Uh, you know, looking forward to putting this past me next week when everything blows over and maybe they move on to new communities. But uh, <laughs> that that was one thing. Um, and talking about people moving on, this kind of brings me to Arab, like we mentioned before. Uh, successful streamer, successful mm -hmm. ex-Fortnite pro player, uh, big-time earnings, big-time YouTube channel, brand risk, ambassador himself, uh, moves on to live streams after, what was it, like a 30-day hiatus? He kind of just went like uh, cold on social media, took a long break, planned this amazing comeback return to doing the strictly IRL content. And uh, he's been crushing it lately. Oh, man. His content has been great. Now, when you say crushing it, and some people might hear this and be like, well, his Twitch numbers are down. We're not talking about his Twitch numbers. Obviously, Arab did did exceptionally well on Twitch when it was just focused on Fortnite. And he kind of did subpar on the other social networks. Well, now, TikTok, YouTube, blowing up with this live content. And he's kind of... He really has a unique spin on it because he's doing something that other people just haven't, right? He like he's traveling literally nonstop for these these uh, IRL streams. Like he's in New York right now. Like he just went to to Monsters Old Stomping Grounds and found graffiti that he did. I mean, yeah, he he's really changing up what live streaming is, and I respect it. Dude, Arab is so awesome. He, yeah, like you said, he's in New York City. I mean, he's live as we're recording it right here. I have him on my side monitor roaming around Manhattan. I think currently he's in uh, Washington Square Park. Uh, so, you know, he, he's been all over Brooklyn. He's been in Manhattan. He just traveled from the Bronx. He went to – he pretty much texted me. He was like, bro, send me some addresses, some stuff to check out. Uh, I sent them to the South Bronx, straight to the slums, to go find some graffiti and whatnot. And he went out there. He did it. He, he took some fun photos. I'm sure they'll be online later. But – uh, yeah, the dude, the dude's doing cool stuff. He's definitely um, pushing the innovation for himself, his personal brand. And like you mentioned, he has gotten uh, many, many steps forwards now, right? He took a couple steps back mm -hmm. to take many steps forwards. His other socials are booming. He's finding um, basically the, the viral side of the content, right? Which is hard to do in just gaming. Like, that's yeah. hard to get to go viral. But, like, when it comes down to the way TikTok trends work and you know, real human interaction, especially in a in a post kind of pandemic world that we're now living in. Um, I mean, he's killing it. He's killing it, and it's hilarious the stuff that he's doing, the encounters that he's having out there. He's he's genuinely a funny guy. On top of it, yeah, and, and I think it it really brings a little bit more longevity to his uh, overall career, right? Because if you rely too much on one thing to build your career on, if anything ever happens to that one thing, and you just more or less lose that momentum that you've worked so hard to get. So he's created an avenue that is a lot more relatable and sustainable as a creator. So that's where I say, you know what, more more power to him. He literally has an entire backpack that powers his live stream, which is just incredible to think about, like technology-wise. But it's going to be interesting to see what other major creators do moving forward. Because you, you look at like, like even Cypher PK, right? Another great, uh, big Fortnite uh, content creator. And he continues to push the yellow, uh, envelope in his own ways, like Metal Umbrella, 
yep. and, and stuff like that. So these creators are really stepping out of just being known for Fortnite and doing pretty awesome things. So yeah, it's exciting I, to see. And it's exciting to see what comes next. I was going to say, I feel like we're like in that, that, that turning uh, of the tides where influencers are now understanding that they have all the leverage in the world with their platform to actually become a business or launch a sustainable business or any just in general, just a business endeavor, right? Take the risk, the same risk that you took to be a streamer. If you make it to the, you know, top 001% or whatever, there's no way, right? Any kind of project that you then uh, use your amplified, uh, you know, social metrics to, to leverage into is going to fail, right? Like you are going to find success in any avenue at that point if you put your mind to it. And that's what we're seeing these these streamers do. That's what we're seeing these influencers do. Set for PK launching a business. Um, we talked about Alinity investing in, you know, like more like real estate and, and things like that. We talk about Arab transitioning out of just gaming into broader audiences. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it dates back to as early as even Ice Poseidon, who was a RuneScape streamer, went into like IRL stuff post-ban and then literally launched his own like network agency uh, like media business to build recurring income off of streamers that he was basically growing into uh you know small stars themselves right and then building yeah. passive income so there's so many different avenues you can take i mean shoot put me in the bucket i launched a production business based off of mm -hmm. again my platform and i'm still actively a part of the community so um there's there's so many different instances now and, and even nick Merckx. nick Merckx is a, a great great example of someone who is at the peak of his i'd say like content career and he hasn't stopped instead he's built a business around his streaming his platform his influence and look at the tournaments he does look at the infant barbecue right like there's so yeah. many so many great uh i guess examples that we can draw from here no there totally is and, and it's exciting and it's uh, new to, to continue to see these creators to make big steps right i mean we're going to talk about this here in a moment but uh, the creators move into YouTube as well. Like right. there's the, these moves that everyone's making right now are exciting for the future because it creates more sustainability in the space. I think, I, again, when you look at like, like uh, monster mentioned Nick Merckx, for example, he does not waver on what he believes. That is his brand through and through, but he does more for his communities than arguably any streamer out there, right? I mean, who else is spending $500,000 to put on a barbecue? Like no one, right? Like that's just not happening. Yo. Who else is, is, is going out of their way to get their entire mod team to Vegas and putting gold chains around each one of his mods next? Like Nick Merckx is, is again, the perfect example of someone that this could could have been his peak, right? But honestly, with the way that he's going, there's more peaks for him to hit. Oh, definitely. And he's he's someone, again, I think people don't understand that he understands his value, his worth, and the, uh, the benefit behind investing in yourself, your brand, and what you believe in. And that is what he does so much better than, you know, a number of streamers that have tons of resources. And... Listen, if, if I had the money that Nick Merckx had coming through the door, I'd be doing the same crazy things too. Big mm -hmm. projects, wild ideas, because there's nothing to stop you. And he has the resources, 
He has the partnerships. And you know what? He's got the numbers to make sponsors pay on top of that, right? So it yeah. either offset the cost or turn a profit on some of these crazy things. So, you know, that, that's what life's all about, right? Having fun. And why not uh, make some money while you're doing it? That's kind of what gets everyone into streaming, uh, I think, in the first place is, is having fun. And then, you know, the, the fact that people can turn into a career is just a whole different side uh, for the most part. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally, totally into this whole thing. And I want to get into Ludwig moving to YouTube because this is another massive, massive, I guess, W for YouTube because YouTube yeah. has... YouTube's been on a W streak lately. I'm not gonna lie. I think I think you know they they were a sleeper pick in the in the early days, but um mm -hmm. more and more it's becoming more appealing for influencers as they're starting to look at this platform and and, and see these big faces transition there. And not only that, big faces finding success. So the strategic uh, choosing behind which influencers they're bringing on over. I mean they've they've done such a great job so far. Yeah, and, and this is the one thing I will say about this. Ludwig's move was not anticipated by any means. I, Ludwig actually put out a video talking about it too. And, and in his video, he, he talks about how his decision was to stay with Twitch, but YouTube fought for him. So he put Twitch in the same scenario as YouTube when YouTube decided to like really fight for him. And Twitch said, well, uh, good luck with your future. And, and that was the deciding factor for Ludwig to be like, well, you know what? YouTube's my home. I finally have a team like of people that I interact with and they actually support me and they care about me being on their platform. And, and I think we're going to see more and more people make this decision, not only because I think Twitch is making a lot of misplays, um, but YouTube infinitely has more eyes on them. If you think about youtube as a platform versus twitch it's not even a comparison but obviously when you're thinking about one sole division that streaming division it, it becomes a little bit more different but with the 2022 roadmap that fwiz put out for youtube streaming it, i wouldn't be surprised if we see some other major creators going over to youtube here in the next coming months yeah and, and fwiz or fwiz however you kind of read it um he kind of leads i guess the the direction of which YouTube gaming is heading down in and a lot of the content, uh, you know, I guess direction uh, behind YouTube. So and he's been crushing it. He's again, one of the driving faces of like, you know, picking up Valkyrie or picking up courage, you know, working mm. with a hundred thieves, getting doctors disrespect to the platform. Like he has been very, very key in um, the kind of development of YouTube. Now, the interesting thing about Ludwig is Ludwig is notoriously recognized as a streamer who does not play video games. So mm -hmm. Ludwig getting signed to YouTube is just another angle that YouTube is playing at one, taking away just big, uh, substantial influencers off the Twitch platform, which is hurt, hurtful to Twitch overall. And, and But more importantly, I think putting themselves in a position to uh, cater to a broader audience and bring in more of that live stream culture audience, which that's the one thing that people fear about YouTube is the loneliness on the platform. And when I say loneliness, it's not that you are lonely in a, in a sea full of creators because there are more there than there are on Twitch. I talk yeah. lonely in the sense that the, the environment is different. The way people interact with one another, the discovery is so much different. Um, and, and it might feel like 
yeah, you're just there on your own and there's no, you know, there's no one to collaborate with or the chat's different, right? There's not that meme culture where, um, quite honestly, like Twitch chat is just freaking hilarious. And most of the big streams, <laughs> like they kind of just take care of themselves, right? They, they grill themselves. Uh, and that's the one thing YouTube's missing. But with people like Ludwig coming over, pioneers in the space of like culture and memes and, you know, all this craziness, uh, I, I think that's what they are now, again, fulfilling when it comes down to this this 360 uh, type of content creator that they're bringing over to the platforms because now they have a little bit of everything. You know, they have they have Lupo. Let's not forget Lupo. They have the charity. They have, like, the king of all charities, one of the kings of, uh, like, literally just live streaming, face-to-face content, the king of entertainment, Dr. Disrespect. Mm-hmm. You have Courage, you know, one of, one of the, again, the, the biggest caster to ever come out of the casting space turn influencer, right? Valkyrie, one of the leading women uh, in, in the industry, right, in the space. They literally have pioneers of so many different pillars. I think yeah. that has been their approach. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even Tim, right? Tim is is a Twitch OG, like, has been one of the longest standing creators on Twitch, and they were able to pull him. And, and it's funny, Ludwig... Uh, also talked about this in his video how he holds so many twitch records and how when he broke those records right for the subathon and stuff twitch didn't reach out to him once they didn't wow. stop in and they were like yo man thank you for making us a ton of money no nah, they just were <laughs> like yo look ludwig they like just didn't say anything and and they may have like i think they tweeted about ludwig once during the subathon because obviously it was a, a huge topic on socials but that only benefits them. That's not about connecting with Ludwig in that way. And and it, it, again, to support it him to, as a creator, you know, exactly. And it speaks to the difference in platforms. And I think if, if Twitch doesn't pick up the pace here and, and find ways to be more engaging with their creators and caring for their creators, they're going to, they're going to lose this battle because YouTube has the same resources as amazon like it's google versus amazon essentially at this point and who wants to dump more money into it and i don't see amazon dumping more money into <laughs> twitch like google is ready to put into youtube i don't even think it's about the money i think it's just the you know again it's the tactical approach right like yeah the, you know the the other issue with twitch here is you know a lot of people don't even know the ceo's name you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he, I think he has like 10,000 followers on Twitter. Is he CEO <laughs> of Twitch? I don't want to get his name wrong. Emmett Shear. I almost said Ed Sheeran, the singer, by the way. Uh, Emmett Shear, right? Emmett Shear, and I'm gonna put uh Twitter. Let's see how many followers this man has on Twitter. This guy is so out of tune with like social media and and the platform and you know really being involved. He has 25,000 followers on Twitter. I have amassed more followers than him in a shorter period of time. And this man owns the whole freaking platform. You understand? Yeah. He, he's not involved. Now, on the other hand, YouTube CEO, she apparently is very, very active. And very not only hands-on. that, very hands-on. She reaches out to your creators. She addresses issues as they arise. She has 330,000 followers, YouTube CEO. Very, mm-hmm. very different approach. Very active with the community and supportive to the folks that are um, uh, creators on their platform. 
again, none of these platforms are perfect, guys. Of course, we're talking about model. You know, is the word monolithic here? Yes. <laughs> mega, mega platforms. These guys are monoliths in the space, literally. Um, so yes, there's tons of flaws, but when it just comes down to the the pure way that they interact with the communities, that's going to be the downfall of Twitch. It's already has been a downfall of Twitch. Um, yeah. You know, how, like we see it all the time. That, you know, creators are fed up with um, being ignored or not being addressed or having just you know issues kind of arise all the time. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And and to speak a little bit more on on the CEO of YouTube, her name is is Susan Wojcicki, and she regularly does interviews with creators and not just like video recorded for socials kind of interviews but like behind the scenes sit down meetings with creators to get feedback on the platform i think that is one thing that twitch and a lot of platforms in general are lacking and uh it's really exciting to see youtube continue to step up in a, in a ton of different ways obviously youtube hasn't always been the platform that it is today. I, I know creators that have been on YouTube and they even live stream from YouTube, one of the OG live streamers from YouTube and, and their communication and, and every, and their experience was terrible and they refuse to go back even if Twitch dies. So it, it's, it's one of those things that YouTube wasn't always as good or on the right path like they are now, but it's exciting to see them get on that path. Yep. Definitely, they've, they've been doing it. They're crushing it right now. They have the momentum here. Ludwig moving over. We'll just see what it is that he's planning. Um, one interesting thing about Ludwig is he's a, he's a tournament host, right? An, an operator. He, you know, is, is beloved by this, the Melee community, the fighting game community. Um, mm -hmm. And he plans to host the biggest Smash tournament that uh, the world's ever seen. That is his goal. I said yeah. he's throwing up a million dollars. I think it's going to be a million of his own dollars unless he gets backing and support from the community, which to him is just him fundraising from his comms. So he's another person who knows very well that investing in himself, his brand in this community is um, an amazing thing to do, way to give back, but uh, yeah, also just grow. So um, it, it's crazy. We are only seeing the beginning of YouTube versus Twitch, and honestly, it's exciting to see YouTube have a real competitor in the space now that's kind of forcing them to uh, to prep up and, and get involved, like like wake up, right? Yeah. And again, I think a lot of people, uh, even two years ago, would say that, that no, or two, maybe two and a half years ago, I should say, right before Mixer acquired Ninja, it would, would say that Twitch is untouchable. Now we've seen not only Twitch have to shift in weird directions to try and keep their own creators. But we've seen an actual viable competitor in YouTube that could actually shake up the entire streaming game if they do everything correctly and Twitch continues to go down the path they've been on in the last two years. So it's exciting for the future of, of live streamers. And if you're a live streamer, obviously it's a probably a pretty exciting time for you to feel like, you know what, you have options, right? But Consider everything, make your decision, and, and hopefully that decision is best for you. But if, if I'm being straightforward, I think if I ever came back fully to streaming, I think I would consider that move to YouTube. Listen, I agree. I think there's so much potential there. I've always talked about as well, um, 
you, you kind of gave the you try to frame i say the the picture of you know how big youtube is to twitch but i i still don't think people understand uh, i'll use a different analogy here uh twitch viewership is a drop of water right into an ocean that is youtube guys and i say this mm -hmm. because the numbers the sheer numbers like what is it two billion people are on the youtube platform that is a huge percent of world global population guys that use this platform versus the not even close amount of people that use the twitch platform um and also another fun fact two in ten of twitch's users watch the same top streamer so even if xqc pulls you know 70k concurrence most of his viewers are the same viewers the other guys are getting so they all share that's what makes uh, uh you know you uh, twitch feel like basically a, a small school where everyone knows each other and the cool guys table is right here and you know that's it like everyone knows one another including the mm -hmm. chat including the streamers youtube is different youtube is you, you're you're heading off to you know a big university you don't know a dang person or the professors <laughs> and they don't care about you right um how how can that change how can that story develop as as things move on that's the real kind of hurdle that youtube has to overcome but they're already doing a better job at recruiting and communicating than um, this smaller environment should be crushing because they don't have as many influencers uh, to worry about. Yeah, man, it's crazy to think about. I, I literally, a year and a half ago, I sat down and decided just to stream again casually, right? And again, this is still at a point where right in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, obviously gaming had already been trending upward, streaming had been trending upward, et cetera. And I sat down after my long day in corporate real estate, started a live stream. And now a year and a half later, we're debating whether or not that platform that I started that live stream on casually can, can even continue to compete with the, the platform that is YouTube. And it's like, I, again, a year ago, a year and a half ago, I wouldn't even imagine I'm doing this full time. Right. And, and now I'm here talking about all the different options that creators have and and all the different moves that these platforms are making to secure creators and, and take care of creators. It just makes it seem more and more like this world is going to be, this creator and gaming space is going to be one that starts to take over when it comes to content. Oh, the time's almost here. And uh, the new dawn's upon us, my friend. Uh, the movement <laughs> has already began. We'll see where this war ends up developing towards. Um, another episode in the books. We turned uh, our grapes into wine today, my friend. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and let the folks at home know uh, yeah, where they can find you, man, and, and where to tune in for us uh, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter, LifeWPanda. Uh, make sure to check in. Let me know what your thoughts are on the podcast. Always love to hear from you guys. And uh, Monster, where can they find you? As always, guys, at Monster DFace across all social medias. Send in all of your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you all for continuously supporting us. Like we said at the start of this episode, appreciate your patience and us pushing it back. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.